This is Bruce Friedman of Adult Site Broker, and welcome to Adult Site Broker Talk, where every week we interview one of the movers and shakers of the adult industry, and we discuss what's going on in our business. Plus, we give you a tip on buying and selling websites. This week, we'll be talking to adult industry veteran Robert Warren. First of all, today, let's cover what's going on in our industry. Satisfyer has announced the launch of an Instagram campaign celebrating International Women's Day to run through March 14th. As part of the promo, the company is using the hashtag ChooseToChallenge and calling upon users across the world to add their own words to the statement, Sexual Freedom Empowers Me Too. The company is also tapping into a range of influencers and activists in the Czech Republic, Germany, Spain, France, Poland, Portugal, and the U.S. According to the company, the campaign builds upon Satisfyer's goal to celebrate human sexuality and empower individuals. Smutify.com has launched the new improved version of the social network, bringing users a much better experience and responsiveness. Along with an increase in speed, an average of 7 to 10 times faster, Smetify has introduced many new features into the social network. Stories, profile visit notifications, pages and groups, cover, profile, and background pictures, improved user privacy, an event calendar, live chat, multi-language functionality, verified profiles and pages, an ad network, and pro profiles. Starting tomorrow, Pineapple Support will begin a six-week course on addiction, a journey to recovery. This will be happening every Thursday for six weeks at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. It's a support group for those struggling with substance abuse. This group will be focused on identifying triggers and coping mechanisms to help members maintain long-term sobriety and prevent relapse. The course is provided by Rachel Farina. Pineapple Support will also provide a weekly motivational support group for performers and producers. This meeting will be for one and a half hours on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. This group will be facilitated by two rotating Pineapple Support counselors, Nikki Lyon and Jasmine Johnson. It's meant to be a safe place to express issues or problems an individual may be having in their life at the time and to find additional support. This is a drop-in group, so there is not a requirement to stay for a certain number of weeks or sessions. The group is open to all online adult industry professionals. Adult Site Broker is a proud sponsor of Pineapple Support. Now let's feature our property, the week that's for sale at Adult Site Broker. We are proud to be offering a rapidly growing hair shaving site. The site shows women getting their heads shaved. It does not show explicit content, so it's much easier to promote than most adult sites. The site creates an environment for their customers where they feel like they're getting invited to the party of their hair fetish dreams. They love using slogans like, come join the party. There's a sister site that is a unique method of hosting their videos in a discreet manner for their customers. The site is fueled by redirects. This is essentially the brains of the whole operation. It handles the billing and rebilling, user information, and video displays. There is also a separate forum and a download store that did $5,000 in sales the first month alone. 
There is no paid advertising. They go directly to their customers with targeted SEO, YouTube videos, and social media. The community for this niche is very loyal, and the members will help any way they can to see sites like this grow. They will donate. Some will even do work for the site for free. The site is getting an 80% retention rate month over month. It also has a lot of room to grow with a little more time and investment. There's a mailing list of well over 1,100. Models' hair can be sold for thousands of extra dollars. There are trained producers for these shoots who would be happy to stay on after the sale. This great site is available for only $480,000. Now time for this week's interview. My guest today on Adult Site Broker Talk is Robert Warren, the Chief Program Director of My Cam Match. Robert, thanks for being with us today on Adult Site Broker Talk. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure indeed. Now, Robert is a 28-year veteran of the adult industry. Uh, he's been providing longtime professionalism and service as a mentor and moderator on some highly respected webmaster boards. He also has a long and varied resume in our space. Robert has also spoken at a variety of seminars throughout the years, written numerous articles, appeared on radio programs, and has had many articles written about him. Robert, a.k.a. The Legacy, has from the beginning mentored a variety of people, both industry reps or companies who have, are just starting out. Uh, they've contacted Robert for guidance and information to assist them along the way to success. Many owners and successful individuals today owe many of their achievements to Robert. And I got to say that Robert was one of the most helpful people to me when I first start got uh, first started uh, in this business. Easy for me to say. My, my pleasure, bro. Uh, easy for me to say at this hour. Now, Robert, uh, how did you choose the legacy as a nickname? Well, first off, thank you very much for the introduction. I mean, God, sure. I feel old now. <laughs> aren't we both <laughs> it's like listening to my obituary right now um, well i am turning 60 next month and oh my god yeah i know eh? i got three and, on i got three on you bro you really cool yep um so but during my uh, my time prior to the adult industry i actually uh, was in the seminary for about seven years and I'm um, about a half a year away from my master's still. And so I was in my mid twenties and what happened back then is I had a really wicked and sharp, um, sarcastic, uh, tone about me, even no. you know, you can imagine in seminary, how that went over. <laughs> um, but I remember sitting down at a lunch table and there was this girl there. I still remember to this day her name. I won't say it. But, oh, come on. Well, her first name was Anne. Okay. So while we were there, uh, I was using my repertoire and just cutting her up like crazy. And everybody was laughing and everything. And then after lunch, I was heading for my first class and I got there early and she was sitting in the classroom and she was just bawling her eyes out. And I remember I sat down beside her and I was like, what's, what's, what's wrong. And she finally admitted that what I said to her really hit hard and, and it hurt her. And just the visual image that my words could do that to somebody 
really struck home. And I swore from that moment on that I would use my words to build up and to help and to, um, and, and to make somebody's, you know, that, that when people leave me, that they're better than when they first came to me and that mm-hmm. I would want to leave a legacy hmm. of that to people. So when I started on Why Not uh, board, I don't know if I can say that. When I started Thanks. back then, sure. somebody said, you know, well, you got to create a, a, a catch name. And so that immediately came to my mind that when I get into this industry and when I start, I want to be able to help people. I want to be able to build up and use my words to make their lives better. So I want to leave a legacy of positiveness and, um, and wisdom to other people if, if I can give that. So that's where I came up with the legacy. Cool. Now you mentioned you're soon going to be 60. So young. And, uh, that means you've been in the adult industry almost half your life. (laughs) Does it feel like it? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is it is it true that before entering the adult industry, uh, you mentioned the seminary, you were a pastor and a gospel singer, so you took it to the max there. So yeah. So what I mean, what what caused the transformation? The the actual moment of transformation is when I was actually preaching one day and I looked over and I and in my mind I said, Who the hell am I to be talking to these people? <laughs> you know, like I've never lived a life that I would consider that I could even give any wisdom or whatever. Hey, Robert, it, Robert, it doesn't stop the evangelicals in the States. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and also there is something else that was inside me that's saying you're meant for something different than this. So I left, as I said, uh, uh-huh. half a year away from my master's and I left uh-huh. and I started quite Honestly, I started working and I created an advertising firm in Toronto called In Your Face Media, mm, good name. Uh, which then kind of moved towards uh, creating adult stuff. Um, mm. And then I started uh, working with Python. Yeah. And what back then, even they were like, you know, this is what you did. But what I, but what this, if anything has taught me is that especially in this industry is that you need is, is I treat people with respect Mm -hmm. and with kindness to everybody. And, um, I look at it this way and I've said this to many people, you know, it's like, I don't see anybody as any better than me or worse than me. And if you think that you're better, I'm going to knock you down. If you think you're worse, I'm going to pull you up and help you. Nice. And if you think that we're the same, then you and I are going to be friends. Yep. And I've kind of done that. And it's kind of helped me to be the person I am. I mean, Mm -hmm. after this many years, and I think I'm pretty much one of the longest. Yeah. Um, I've never done a poll, but uh, after all these years, I can't really think of anybody that I would say is my enemy. You're and one of, you're one of the longest that's still alive. <laughs> that's well, let's not push that thought. But, you know, um, I, I even, as I said, but after all these years, I don't have any enemies mm-hmm. and that's something to be said, especially yeah. in this industry, because when you're on webmaster boards and mm-hmm. you know that as well. There's always fighting and bickering and Uh problems and things like that. And, um, and so I try to lead with, you know, just helping people out Uh and, uh, growing and being an example 
of 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 what people should be, and I and I don't just think of business; I think about people too. Uh-huh. This industry, people say, you know, well, how can you work in it for so long? And it's like uh-huh. it, the question really is: is how can you be with your family for this long? <laughs> you know, because these people are my family. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel it when somebody's leaves uh-huh. and I feel it when somebody dies yeah. in this family. And you know that as well. Yep. Um, I feel people's pain and, uh-huh. and I feel their success as well. Yes. And I'm, I'm so thankful that I've been at least able to help people become better at their jobs uh-huh. and give them any type of assistance whatsoever, because it just, it helps the whole industry grow to be, to be better uh-huh. when you have good people there, not, not just your people that go to, down to the trade shows and get drunk and <laughs> do whatever and stuff they shouldn't do. Yeah. Um, but to have some type of a, of a good reputation and, and to do business. Right. And, um, I think that's kind of what helps, what, what helped me uh-huh. is just develop that type of character. Now you're a family man with a wife and five kids. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, now how do you balance your home life with working in the adult industry? And does your family know what you do? They must by now. Well, not everybody. I mean, um, <laughs> I, my, my dad won. I mean, he was, a he passed away a little over a year ago. Yes. I remember. And, uh, I remember telling him a while back, and this is a very deep spiritual religious man, Baptist. And huh. he just kind of looked at me and it was more like, well, you don't actually produce or are in any of the stuff. Are you? And I was like, are you kidding me? Look at me. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, I'm on the executive level. I'm, you know, I help make the decisions. I, Uh you know, I do the marketing and all that stuff. And he's like, okay, so, you know, you're not really part of it. And he goes, I guess it's kind of like just going into a, a seven 11 or a grocery store and there's magazines on the shelf. Doesn't mean that the guy behind the counter and the cashier is a porn you know, expert he, or something like that. He was just, just he was he was justifying it to himself, Robert. Yeah, it's probably true, but I yeah. gotta at least admit that he took it well and and mm-hmm. he was supportive. Good. And you know, we never really talked much about it back after that. <laughs> um, obviously, my wife know, my kids know. All they know is you know because they're too young. And mm. so they just know that dad's on the computer and <laughs> he knows how to do stuff and it scares the crap out of them because, uh, <laughs> I know more than them on the computer and it should be the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so my son, especially, he's like, you know, how did you find that out about me? Or, you know, and I'll, I'll pull <laughs> something out or also, you know, I, I type into DOS and I figure out the pro and so I send him a message on his computer. It's like, how the hell do you do that? <laughs> you know? mm, so, stick with me, yeah, kid. It, <laughs> yeah. But as I said, people do know about it. I'm not ashamed of it. I mean, right. I'm not ashamed of my family. Right. And it's a product like any other. And, yeah. you know, if you're not proud of what you do, then you're ashamed. And if you're ashamed, why? Yeah. You yeah. know? Um, you don't want people like that around you. I mean, if they're constantly looking at you negatively, then why bother? Your life is, uh, too short to be having, you know, being, being scared of what other people think about you. So just be yourself and, 
if people can't handle the truth, then they shouldn't really be your friends. And it's such a wonderful industry. As you said, the people are wonderful. I say the same thing. It's my family. The events are like family reunions. Uh, so yeah, yeah. If you, if you can't like this industry, I don't know if you can like an industry. Um, now you were around in the early days of our industry. Um, yeah. you, you must have some wild convention war stories from the past. I'd love to hear some. Well, I started in the early nineties. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, I remember, and I just told you this a short time ago when I was being interviewed on CBC in Canada mm-hmm. and they asked me a similar question and <laughs> I could tell that the audience uh, which was actually, there was a percentage of them that was in the adult industry from Canada listening in. Sure. And, uh, you know, people love to hear stories that are going on. And so I, I remember telling them right off the bat, I said, you know, imagine going to Vegas and you see, you know, and you're, you're a tourist and you see all the wonderful flashing and blinking lights and the light shows going on and the whole thing. And everybody's going, ooh, and ah. And it's like the announcer was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, okay. So you got all of these tourists running around snapping pictures of the lights and the trade, you know, all that stuff going on. I said, now imagine you're the poor bastard that has to go around and change all the light bulbs. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> there comes a point in time where you don't even want to see another light bulb, much less yeah. talk about a light bulb. <laughs> uh, I'm so over, you know? I'm so over Vegas. <sighs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, there was, there was a time I remember a long time ago and it still is talked about on some of the boards where, Mm -hmm. uh, there was a cam company that wanted to expand. And I told them, I said, if you just let me do what I have to do, I'll (laughs) guarantee you in three months that everybody will talk about you. So I found a guy that was the most hated on the boards and I offered for him to come up to Toronto and we found Lanny Barbie who's working with uh, vivid, mm-hmm. uh, absolutely stunning girl. Mm-hmm. And we told him, it's like, you get here, we'll dress you up and you can basically fuck her. And if you can do the money shot, then there you go. And I'll set you up with, uh, <laughs> in the, in, in an actual movie. Mm-hmm. But if you can't, and she's going to take a strap on and fuck you up the ass. Oh my God. And that's the deal. <laughs> so I have, a, I have, I have a feeling, I have a feeling I know how this came out. You, yeah, you know exactly where this is going. Well, sure enough, he got up there. Couldn't do it. I even had five girls around him, oh, you no. know, for motivation. And <laughs> I mean, as if Lonnie Barbie wasn't enough. Uh-huh. And sure enough, he couldn't do it. And prior to that, I had him on radio shows and all that stuff. He was talking to Ron Jeremy and mm-hmm. Jenna Jameson and all these people. I had uh, arranged with uh, with some people to do that. Uh-huh. And we were giving him advice and the whole thing. Built it right up. The owners, they were like, you know, no matter where they went from the airport to Vegas, that's all that they talked about was the show. And he couldn't get it up and. Years after that, you know, he still blames me for setting him up for it. Okay, and I got to know who this is. What, his name? Yeah. Uh, Lawrence Connor. I remember that name. Yeah. Yeah, you would. Okay. Because that's what I mean. And that, and that happened probably about 15, 17 years ago. Yeah. And you still remember the name. Oh, I thought it might that's... be I thought it might be Bad Dog or something. <laughs> oh, God, no. I 
love him. He's he's a great man. That makes um, that makes one of us. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> the other, another special memory I have is um, I was personally invited to go to the Playboy Mansion when I was out in L.A. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a ticket, and I remember the the people came out to me and said it wouldn't be the same if you weren't there. Aww. So I got there, and it was it was wonderful there. Uh, Martina Warren. Uh, who's an absolutely stunning woman. Um, we apparently have, we had the same last name and she was mm-hmm. sick and tired of getting harassed. So then we went around telling each other, telling other people that we were husband and wife. Oh shit. And, uh, so people would How back fun. off of her. How fun. And so she was my American wife at the time. Oh God. And, uh, we went to the mansion together yeah. and I played on, I, I played on Hef's table. I met Hef. Mm. himself um and nice. then later on in the evening mark uh from too much that we mm. just talked about mm-hmm. him and i sat out on the front steps of the uh playboy mansion smoking weed mm-hmm. why not and that to me that is just just sticks in my mind that's a good one. one that's a that's good a, that's a good one that's and that's a good one they start they stopped Doing the Playboy tour, of course, a few years ago when they sold the mansion, and I went to my first L. I went to my first ever LA show last January. Um, right. I I had I I being in this wonderful weather in Thailand, I'm not too, too motivated to come out for winter shows. But um, this year, or last year, I did, and uh, I'm like, but I got to I got to tour Playboy, and that was kind of fun. Uh, that's really cool. It, it is a great place. I had a lot of fun. Um. Mm-hmm. Although there was a lot of crazy stuff going on, I mean, sure. uh, this is the fun thing. Mark was noticing that there is these whole bunch of Playboy models all standing around me, and I had my phone out, and there was a bunch of guys that, you know, obviously there's you know guys who are just like so shy of talking to beautiful women, huh. and I'm sitting there, I got like five girls around me or something like that, and they're going, "What is?" what is the legacy doing that he's got all these girls around him? And Mark just kind of sneaks up and looks over my shoulder and he's, he sees me sitting there showing the girls, my, my family photos. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Kids. I'm oh. talking about my kids and they're all going, Oh, oh of course. <laughs> oh, look, look, if you want to, if you want, uh, if you, if you want to appeal to, to, to women, show them, show them kids and show them, uh, pets. That's, uh, that's what you do. As long as they're yours. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, well, we got a, We got a big family of four doggies, as you well know. Yeah. Um, um, so there are several companies out there that you help put on the map. Um, why did you leave those companies and start your own consulting firm? That's a very good question. Um, I know. That's why I asked it. So, that's why you asked it. <laughs> um, the companies that are out there that I've helped there's different types of companies in this industry, in any industry, as you mm-hmm. know, there's mm-hmm. the account based company, mm-hmm. which is basically a company that's run by accountants, mm-hmm. right? And everything is Hate those. You know, penny pinching. Uh, you know, you can't spend on anything. Uh, you got to do everything for free. And then they bitch at you because, you know, why isn't this happening faster? Mm-hmm. Um, and in that type of an environment, creativity dies mm-hmm. because, right. you know, just being cheap, you know, it's always the cheapest or nothing. Then there's the micromanaged based companies. 
uh-huh. where you know the the guy sitting there or the girl what whoever is just like right over you and they're micromanaging every part of you and that shows a level of mistrust yeah and it's to, to me it's kind of like well if you if you hire this person and you don't trust them to do their job then why then then it's your fault for for hiring people that you don't well you that's know? that's also a personality deficit of some some people that are just Super controlling and well, they're type A personalities. Yeah. Well, I'm type A, but I'm not controlling, but there you go. Yeah. But <laughs> so in that particular situation, again, creativity dies because yes. anytime you bring up something, bam, you know, uh-huh. it's just micromanaged. Then yeah, it's, the, it's not their idea. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Uh then you've got like the self-absorbed, sexually based company uh-huh. where um the creativity dies if the ideas don't come from the boss and you're useless. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then there are other situations, unfortunately, where it's like, if you don't sleep with the boss, you're fired. Hmm. You know, and I've seen that and I don't know, I hope you haven't, but if you have, <laughs> you'll know what I'm talking about. No, no, seen, no, not really. <laughs> I've seen situations where girls have gone down to, let's say Florida, wherever, and uh, if they didn't, then they didn't get their passport or the ticket to go back home. And people had to scurry around and collect money to be able to send them back home. Oh, you're talking about models. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. No, they- no. I'm, talking, I'm not just models. I'm talking mm-hmm. about actual sales reps. Yeah. Oh, sure. You know, sure. No. Guys- obviously, that stuff goes on. No two ways about it. Yeah. And, um, and so if anybody, like, for example becomes in the in the limelight and it looks as though you know the, and that's kind of what you want is you want a person who's they're going to be the the spokesperson for the company especially when you're mm-hmm. on the message forever mm-hmm. and you know you associate that person with that company well mm-hmm. if the boss is so self-absorbed that they don't like it when somebody else is there because right. then it's like well you know if the, then, then it's kind of like volatile because then, oh, well, that person's just going to uh, start demanding more money because without them, the company's going to fail. So then they let them go, whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of that's another type of company. Then there's the BFF based company, where the boss just hires his best buddies, mm-hmm. family, the whole thing, and um, you know, you come in, and if you're not part of that group then you know you're you're on an outcast sure all the time and cre- creativity in that situation dies because you know you're not one of the boys kind of a thing sure and that really can hurt and then and then there's something i call the reverse pyramid based company where normally companies are s- structured where the the ownership is at the top and everybody falls down below Mm-hmm. But if you can actually switch that over and have it so that the, the ownership is helping and serving and giving the tools that are needed to the base, mm-hmm. then that is what is, is the best thing oh, that, yeah. that because then, then everybody wins, but it's too rare. Yeah. And you know, uh, a, a good manager serves and not di- and does not dictate to employees. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. And um, I, I don't know how else to say it. I mean, mm-hmm. I've always told people, you know, it's like, how do you manage these people? It's like a good man, a good manager or management happens when you're not there. Yeah. If you can train them well enough and get, give them the tools and the abilities, you shouldn't, you can walk away for, let's say a trade show and know that the company is going to run and the decisions will be made the proper way and you shouldn't have to worry, uh-huh. but that doesn't happen all the time. And you know sure. that. Right. And, um, you know, you got, you need to be part of a place where each employee is a valued member of a team. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, so, so you've been, uh, in the industry obviously for a long time. Do you have any mentors or in addition to that, anyone you'd like to meet that you haven't? As far as mentors, they've either died or left. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can um, you can you can mention them. <laughs> yeah, no, there. When I first started out, I mean, yeah, there was Bob Rice and me too. A few others that were that were my mentors, mm. and nowadays, um, I really. It's not that I don't have a ment. I know I really don't have any mentors that help me along. Uh-huh. Um, but anytime that I'm with a place. Um, it's, it's more of, I tell them right off the bat, it's not that I know everything about the industry, but I sure as hell know the people who do. Yep. And the key is networking. Mm -hmm. And if you can network yourself out and know the people, then you can, if you're stuck in a situation, you can call somebody up and it's like, Hey, you know, uh, I need some help with this or that Mm -hmm. and give it to you, which is very rare. Mm. in the world when it comes to business. I right. mean, where else can you sit there and call up a competitor or somebody from another company saying, Hey, could you help me out? You're right. Um, that's where the family comes in. Exactly. And so yeah, I've got people that I can, that I call up like rock hard and, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, others mm-hmm. where, you know, and Mark as well that I talk mm-hmm. to, um, where I can just sit there and say, Hey, give, give, you know, I, I need a little help in this area just to kind of clarify something. Mm-hmm. But as far as a mentor, no, I, uh, they've, they've, uh, either passed away or, or uh, just aren't in the industry anymore. Mm-hmm. The people that I'd like to meet the, you know, even back then I've pretty much met everybody that I would want to meet mm-hmm. today. Though, I would say that, um, there's one, model and this is going to sound really strange i don't get i'm not hooked on models or anything like Mm -hmm. that i don't watch a lot but there's one person who i think when they do their show or they do their their clips or whatever Mm -hmm. they're so believable and that's that's somebody called zev bellringer and um i just i whenever i've seen anything of her you just feel as though you're right there you know, like she really does POV mm-hmm. and uh, everything extremely well. And I think mm-hmm. she, she'd be the only person that I would want to meet just to be able to say, good job. So she really yeah. ring. So you're saying she really rings your bell, huh? I knew you were going <laughs> to go there. <laughs> how could I not? Come on. How could I not? Now, now there's a lot of talk right now about uh, the legal issues with the many tube sites, uh, namely Pornhub that... New York yeah. Times uh, column by Christoph was uh, pretty devastating, and obviously how it affects the industry. Um, there's been uh, I, I saw notes from that Canadian Parliament 
uh, joke of a, a situation the other day. Now, over the years, I'm sure you've seen highs and lows. Can you comment a little more on the past and where you see the industry heading? Yeah, this situation with Pornhub, Pornhub and in all of the other tubes, it's kind of a, it's kind of getting an adjustment, mm-hmm. uh, readjusting the the way uh, porn is looked at on the net. Um, I mean, we've had a lot of of ups and downs over the years. I remember when iBill uh, was screwing up and mm-hmm. people were losing money like crazy and a whole bunch of other things. And then even when tubes started coming into the industry, everybody's like, well, porn is dead now. Remember, remember the whole, remember the whole, the whole e-passport explosion. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's just, it's almost as though every year, every other year, there's something out there that is like, well, we're all going to die now. (laughs) You know, porn's going to die. And I was like, no, no, never. The, The companies that are creative. And that's why I keep, I went back to that list of the various companies and how it relates to creativity because the companies that survive are the ones that allow creativity um, rather than just copying other companies. Yes. And that happens so, so much, you know, somebody gets a great idea, they do it. And then everybody else just because they don't have creativity, they just steal their idea and, and, do it on theirs. Sure. And then everybody sits around and waits mm-hmm. a long time ago. It was, you know, what the people were asking me, what's the next thing in, in the adult thing. And it was like, well, you know, we've kind of reached our limit, uh, because we've gone beyond technology and until technology can catch up to us, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to be stale. You know, we're just going to be, you know, basically standing around waiting for them to, to catch up and then, and then we can move ahead together. I think that's happening now because huh. I mean, we're even talking about Elon Musk and everybody huh. trying to implant uh, chips into our head <laughs> and uh, getting technology a different way and being able to see uh, virtual, um, virtual uh, reality uh-huh. In a totally different way, so very similar to the Matrix, right. and that's not too far away. I mean, he wants to do those chips in a year, and they're available. Huh. So, if we can create, remember the movie Brainstorm from in the eighties? Mm, I do not. Okay, it's a movie. It's a movie about where somebody puts on this headgear, and you can actually copy somebody's visual and feelings in it and somebody created a porn movie and it was on it like just you know on the side but the whole premise of the movie was you know somebody died they had the helmet on and then you could take a trip and see what they saw when they died um brilliant movie but that type of technology where you can actually sense and feel what's happening is going to be coming up Mm -hmm. that's going to be the big boost Hmm. As far as for the industry itself in the past, yeah. I mean, we all bitched and complained when tubes started coming out. Hmm. And at that time, I started telling people, it's like, you know what? Adapt. Yep. Use, use it to your advantage. Adapt or die, and many died. Yeah, many died. And yeah. the ones who adapted, well, guess what? Everybody started putting uh, banners on it and started mm-hmm. uploading their videos. And guess what? That's now you look and it's like the majority of their traffic comes from tube sites. Yeah. Pornhub premium, and, you know, yeah, I mean, and I mean now, they do very well with that. 
yeah, it, it didn't, it, it really hurt the people that had solo sites, mm. but, uh, there was this massive flood of, of, of that. Plus there was an increase of webcams too. Yes. Um, but now, now that something's happening to the tube sites, mm-hmm. now everybody's scrambling around going, what do we do? And it's like, well, how about what happened before tube sites were there? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, be creative. You know, be creative. I always tell people, be creative. Uh, come up, uh, do something that's better than everybody else, and you'll succeed. And really, it's the same advice you should give people in any business. Exactly. And that's and that's the problem is that you know if somebody's not being creative, or if somebody falls into those categories before, and this goes back, I think originally, I hope I answered your question as to why I was leaving certain companies. It was either because mm-hmm. I had finished mm-hmm. what I felt as though I needed to be done or two, they were part of one of those kind of companies. Right. And it was just, I can't move on with that. Or three, the creativity was so dead that I just would have been just another dot in the flock and exactly. I couldn't take it anywhere. So mm-hmm. why bother? You know, I'm just not going to sit there and collect a paycheck for yep. doing nothing. That's why I don't work you know. for, that's why I don't work for anybody, buddy. Um, yeah. um, now, and I know you've done your share of consulting as well, and that that's been your main thing for a long time. Now I'm sure somebody like you receives lots of job offers. Um, mm. and it's probably going to give me a similar answer, but how do you decide which ones to take? I remember, I remember back in December, I had like five or six hmm. offers. Um, if I can see the potential, if I can visualize the potential of where they can be is one thing. Um, number two, I look at the type of ownership in the people that I'm working with. Mm-hmm. If, if they do show themselves as being somebody that, that I can work with and I feel comfortable with, and they have that type of personality that will grow with success, mm-hmm. then that's good. Um, I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, and this is probably because of my age, I mm-hmm. mean, family is is really, really important to me. Sure. And um, I don't know how much longer I got in this industry or, or even for myself, but mm-hmm. I have to make sure that the stress level and I want to be able to enjoy what I'm doing. If mm-hmm. I end up where I'm not going to enjoy something, mm-hmm. have fun with it, I'm not doing it. I don't need that anymore. I mean, I was taking jobs back then just to survive. Sure. Haven't we all now, at some point in our life? Yeah. And then there comes a point in your life where it's kind of like, you know what? Family's more important. Um, spending time with your kids. Uh, I remember somebody, and I can't say his name, but I remember somebody saying he was ready to go on a trip. And then his kid was just like, we never spend any time together. Mm-hmm. And then they realized that they're missing out on the kid's childhood yep. because they're working so hard. Yeah. And I don't want to be stressed out and overwhelmed in a negative way because that affects my family and, and it doesn't do me any good health wise. Yeah. So if I accept a job, uh, then it's, it's something that, you know, all those categories have to fit in place sure. and yeah. Great. 
Now, uh, your latest project is mycammatch.com. It's a yeah. Re- yeah, it's a relatively new company. And maybe you can tell us a little bit more about that and why you chose to work with them. Well, that's that's the funny thing. Um, the the points that I mentioned in the back are were what was here. Um, relatively new, being in the past like year or two, uh, the the idea of this thing it's kind of like a, a social network mm-hmm. for models and for users mm-hmm. and. I think one of the reasons why I took it is because it was so unique. Uh, it was like it, it was literally one of a kind. Yeah. And I loved the the creativity and especially in this industry after, you know, as, as you mentioned at the beginning that I've been around longer uh, for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. I don't see many companies that break ground. Yeah. That right. just like wait a minute, I haven't, who's your competition? Well, there isn't any because it's never been done. Sure. And I'm like, wow, that, that is what got me right off the bat. Mm -hmm. Um, so in it models come in, they fill out their profile, bam. Um, they immediately are introduced or have the ability because there's the users that are on the site Mm-hmm. are members of various campsites up to like about 16 or something, right? Mm. Of the top campsites that are out there. Cool. So all these users get in there. There's a rewards program for the users. Uh, huh. That's actually more money than any, than any campsite, you know, a couple of campsites put together. Hmm. And it's kind of like a, you know, your rewards program, like your air miles. Hmm. So the users come in and, they can they can do a searching on the profiles. Mm-hmm. So you know if, if you go into a campsite or whatever, and you start doing the searches on age or whatever, you're very limited. Yeah, and you get boom, you know, you get a slew of like eighty something pages, <laughs> and it's really hard to find. You know, yeah. and you got to go through all the pages and all the pages, and mm-hmm. you know that kind of stuff here. The questioning and the 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 model or to find the model, it's much more selective to your taste because mm-hmm. they ask a lot more questions. Sure. So you go through, and then all of a sudden now, there's a small handful or or less than that of models that fit exactly the profile you want, mm-hmm. which is great because it's a good time saver. Oh yeah, and because. It's these models are on all a lot of the platforms out there. So you click on one and it could be from Chatterbait. You click on another, it could be, you know, my free cams, whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's not like we're, we're um, showing favoritism to any cam site. We're mm-hmm. showing the favoritism to the girls because the more they fill out on their profile as to what they like, the easier it's going to be to be able to find a user mm-hmm. that spend money on them. This is where it benefits the girls. Because the girls are always, you know, they waste a lot of their times talking to guys. And it's like, mm, after a while, it's like, oh, I don't like that. And then they take off. Mm-hmm. We're here. It's like when you get a user that actually likes what you like, then you have a little bit more of a relationship and a connection. Right. Not to mention that the guys now got more rewards on top of the money he was already going to spend. Hmm. Okay. So that benefits the girls. 
That's fantastic. We all know that when you're sitting there and you're, you're a cam model, male or female, what is the most important thing that you should be told is develop a relationship with your client, with your user. Oh yeah. Right. That's, what's going to make you money is developing a relationship. How are, and, and then how are relationships developed? Well, based upon interests, mm-hmm. common interests. So if you have a site that actually has more of the questions that would match up those common interests, then you're going to have not only a good discussion, uh, somebody that you like, who likes what you like, but you're also going to have a member who's probably going to be, you know, a long time member spending a lot more money on you. Sure. And on the guy's side, it's like, Hey, I like a girl that I got a girl now who, who likes what I like. And I don't have to sit there and waste my time three hours going through all these multiple pages and asking questions and sitting in chat rooms and listening to her, having her taking off for, uh, 20 minutes to go on a private session or whatever. And then I got to sit around and wait to see as to whether she likes what I like. Mm-hmm. So it cuts the time down us. Oh, huge yeah. amount. Oh, yeah. And on top of it, when you do find the person you like, guess what? You got the reward points. Like, you know, like I, as I mentioned before, yeah. so it's win, win on both sides. Yeah. And then with the girls, they're sitting there and if they're on page 30, mm-hmm. you know, they're not going to get a lot of traffic down there at no. that, at that level. So it's like, you know, well, I can go to Twitter and I can go here, you know, and then you got to spend so much time being able to build traffic up. Right. Well, here the traffic is kind of sitting there because the people that number one, you're trying to build a relationship for, you have more connections, but at the same time you have more users, more traffic now so that on the site, they can book a private session with you, right? Right on the site. Mm-hmm. So, you know, go here. Okay. I want to have a private one-on-one bam, bam, bam. Then they can message you and then the two of you can connect and, they go to whatever campsite you're a part of and start spending money. Sounds like a plan. Well, hey, Robert, I'd like to thank you again for being our guest today on Adult Site Broker Talk, and I hope we'll get a chance to do it again really soon. I hope so, too. I hope so, too. It's been great talking to you, my friend, and it's also been great knowing you for so many years, and I applaud you for your success and all of the great work you're doing to contribute to uh, the family, to the industry. And uh, I've really enjoyed my time here with you. I really appreciate it. Likewise. My broker tip today is part five of how to buy a website. Last week, we talked about how to determine the value of a website, how to negotiate the sale, and how to get to the point of drawing up an agreement. So now you're talking to your attorney and you're having them draft an agreement. What should be in it? Well, your attorney will guide you through the legal side, but here are some considerations to keep in mind from a buying standpoint. What is the date you'd like to close? Make sure you know that you'll have the money to either pay the deposit or the entire amount of the purchase by that date. I've had buyers who aren't ready, and that just causes issues. In fact, I'm going through some of that right now with a couple of my deals. Make sure that all of the assets you're purchasing are in that agreement such as every domain included in the sale, processing and payment accounts, relationships with vendors, 
all records including 2257 docs, software to run the sites, and any other assets such as source code for the sites. Of course, it should spell out any payment schedule if there is one. Who's responsible for closing costs, such as paying for escrow? And there are always terms that are unique to yours and the seller's situation. This assumes you're the party responsible for drawing up the agreement. If the seller is drawing up the agreement, then it's important that you express all of this to your legal representative so they can check the seller's agreement and see if any changes are necessary. We'll talk about this subject more next week. And next week, we'll be talking to our first ever returning guest on Adult Site Broker Talk, adult performer Lance Hart. And that's it for this week's Adult Site Broker Talk. I'd once again like to thank my guest, Robert Warren. Talk to you again next week on Adult Site Broker Talk. I'm Bruce Friedman. <laughs>